Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Canely Crew. I'm your host, Chesley White. And I'm Marine Register. How's it going? Good. I hear you've been playing a lot of golf. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say playing yet. This week, I have the opportunity to play three times, which okay. never happens, but I'm very excited about it. I had a playing lesson yesterday with Kyle. How's Kyle? He's wonderful. He's probably... Um, I. I like I had a table reception in Montana. And he's so, he's like, feeling so very like, neglected by you, by I the know, way. I know, I know. I'll get on it. <laughs> Kyle's um for those who don't know, Kyle is our <laughs> golf instructor. Shout out Kyle Mason. <laughs> yep. Um and then uh, you and I are playing in a tournament today yeah. for the Greenville Chamber ladies um tournament. Mm-hmm. And um and then I'm also playing Friday. And then maybe Saturday with me again. Yes. And we then are- ho- yeah, hopefully we'll get um our producer John to come out and play with us too. <laughs> Pretty soon once his wife has her baby. That's right. <laughs> More important things. Yeah, exactly. Um, so today we had a great episode. Um, we got to talk with Meg Scoopmeyer, who is a shareholder with Hainsworth Sinclair Boyd. Um, what do you think about it? I love, well, I love Meg. She's my mentor right. at, through crew. And she's just one of, she's so fun in such an interesting way. And I will say um, she had such a good point during the interview about how a lot of her mentors, she didn't realize were her mentors until after she had like moved on to something else. And yeah. in hindsight, she was like, oh, that was my mentor. And I really liked how she talked about how it's much more informal than people think that you don't, if there's someone that gives you advice that you trust, like that's a mentor. That's right. They don't have to have that specific title. Right. Which I think it's doesn't good. have to be a forced thing. Just someone you trust. Yeah. Which is important. I mean, and as coming from a lawyer, I think that makes sense because she's giving advice and she's trying to be trustworthy. So she's a mentor to a lot of different people in a lot of different aspects. I right. Think. That's, that's exactly right. Well, well, cool. Well, I, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know we had a lot of fun um, talking with Meg. Um, so let's bring her in. All right, Meg. Well, thanks so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to talk to you. I know we worked together a little bit on the um, commercial real estate side, um, but I'm excited to get to know you better. I know you guys know each other well. Yeah, we, we got do. To, we, we you do. were my mentor. We have a mentee-mentor relationship. Yeah. We got to meet again this year. Yeah, we probably should. <laughs> yeah, <it'll laughs> good. It seems like the appropriate thing to do is <laughs> former presidents and yes. yeah. committed members of the mentor. Yes, exactly. Committee. exactly. Are you guys formally in the crew mentorship program? I think or? we're currently in the a crew mentorship program. Yes. Okay. We'll so, go with yes. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I like didn't that. go to the last meeting, but <laughs> the planning meeting. Yeah. Well, there's one coming up. Ex- don't worry. It was excellent. Okay. Yeah, it was. I've it heard was. that. It was excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. All yes. Right, well. Yes. And it. Um. And whatever the marketing materials are that are coming out are are being very well received. Just oh, perfect. Great feedback for the committee. Mm, That's I awesome. Love that. Well, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we're excited to talk to you today about well, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, and and get to know you better and learn about your career and, and how you got to where you are now. So why don't we start from college? You know, what did, what did you study in college and, and what were you kind of thinking at that time? So I went to Furman uh-huh. and I studied political science. And I wasn't, I can't really say that I had a big plan in college, but then... Who does? <laughs> exactly. Well, I don't know. Lots of people do. My good roommate did. She had her whole life planned out. Oh. Um, I did not have that. Um, but I did need money. And so I got a job being a runner for a law firm here in town and had a, an exceptionally supportive boss who was much like a mentor. And he um, he encouraged me to do more than just deliver paperwork and documents. He encouraged me to learn his business. And the he was a residential real estate lawyer and learn how residential closings work. And mm-hmm. so that's sort of 
got me interested in the law. And then he um, he let me take on as much or as little as I wanted to. And I got a real education there. And then I left there and went to be a paralegal in Atlanta, also doing residential real estate okay. related work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also had another very supportive mentor and boss there who encouraged me to go to law school. Um, he wanted me to stay in Atlanta and I did not particularly want to stay in Atlanta as my lifelong residence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left Atlanta and came back to South Carolina and um, eventually ended up at law school. Awesome. So. Yeah. So what was the reason for the move to Atlanta at the time? I mean, honestly. Just a job? I, well, sure. Yes. So I grew up in Greenville. I had gone to Furman and I decided I needed to move. Get it. <laughs> Just do I something. totally get it. Just do something different. I yeah. realized Atlanta doesn't seem like I went very far away, but it was certainly. Well, it's so back, different. I'm, it was I'm very different. And back then, I say back then, you know, in the 1990s, early 90s, it was yeah. very different. Yeah. So. I'm the exact opposite yeah. of you. I grew up in Atlanta, went to school at Georgia Tech, and then I go. was like, I got to do something different. I've been here my entire life. Exactly. And so I yep. got it. went to Tennessee for grad school and then came to Greenville for a job from there. So it was like literally Slip. the reverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So well, totally get that. I lived in Atlanta from ages zero to seven. So oh, well, oh, well there you go. Yeah. Now you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Never yeah. knew that. Yeah. Born in Atlanta. So, but left almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never went back. Oh. Um. So where did you go to law school? Oh, I went to University of South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Even again in the mid nineties, if I wanted to practice in South Carolina, I thought, and that was. That was sort of where you went to law school. Yeah. Did you go in thinking you wanted to do like real estate law? I did. Okay. I did. I went specifically to do real estate law. Yes. Did you you ever explore other options within the law or ever like have like different? um, So yes and no. I, so there's sort of two paths in the law. There's sort of litigation and transactional work. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I wanted to stay in the transactional Mm -hmm. arena. So I did focus much of my studies on that type of law versus litigation. Gotcha. Um, But I was just so familiar with real estate. It just, it felt like a natural fit. Yeah. And I liked it and, you know, I found it interesting. So So what made you go from residential to commercial? Well, a couple of things. So when I first got out and practiced, I did both and, Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and enjoyed it. I didn't do a it was it wasn't quite 50-50, it was more probably 75-25. Um and then when the um financial crisis hit mm. and the truth in lending rules and Dodd-Frank and all of the consumer protections yeah. were put in place, um I went to a title insurance seminar where they spent about 4 hours explaining how the practice the residential real estate practice was going to change and what was going to be necessary in order to comply with all of these rules and uh the law firm the lawyers that were there from our law firm at the time we all looked at each other and said that's it we're out mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to focus on commercial real estate and let others focus on residential because it came became very clear that you weren't going to be able to dabble you had to Right. It, you know, there were just going to be too many rules and you needed too many processes to be mm. um, efficient and compliant. And we just yeah. didn't have the resources to put those in place. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's worked out well, actually. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's worked yeah. out really well. Um, so tell us kind of what your day-to-day looks like as far as what it means to be in law in commercial real estate. Uh-huh. So my day-to-day is 
It varies. Um, most days I head into the office with a list of tasks and things to get accomplished, and then it all just <laughs> <laughs> falls apart. <laughs> The phone rings, somebody shows up in your doorway, and, you know, the next thing you know, you're spending two hours doing something you didn't plan to do. But, um, you know, it's a lot of, um, it's, nowadays, it's not as much legal research. It's a lot of um, strategy and, you know, finding the structure for transactions and and determining what documentation is going to be needed and what the risks and rewards are and and then just sort of putting all of that together for the clients. Yeah. Reviewing due diligence materials, so forth. And then there's also just the, what you would imagine, talking on the phone, answering emails, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. So, How long have you been with uh, Hainsworth? Oh. I've been with Hainsworth uh, since 2006. Okay. Wow. That's I want awesome. to do that math in my head. Yes, I know. I, well, <laughs> 16 years? Sure. Yes. That seems right. See, yeah, I had to do the math too. Yes, sixteen years. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was gonna let you guys do that because I'm not very good yeah. at yeah. math. I'm I'm bad at mental math. Um. So so, what did your career progression look like within the firm there? Like when you came in versus where you are now? So I had so I graduated from law school and I went to work for a firm in Columbia. I realize I'm backing up from your question, yeah, yeah, but anyway, um, I went to work for a law firm in Columbia, and then um, for a host of reasons not related to work, my husband and I decided to move to Greenville. And so when I told my law firm in Columbia that, they had lots of clients in Greenville. So we opened an office here. And I worked there for four years, and then I moved to Hainsworth. So I went to Hainsworth in what is known as a special counsel position, which is, in essence, you're too old to be an associate, but you're nobody's sure if you want to be a shareholder. And by nobody, I mean myself or the firm. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I went in as a special counsel, and I worked there in that position for several years and then decided I liked them and they liked me, and so I became a shareholder. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yes. Is it a hard process to become a shareholder in a law firm? It depends on the law firm mm-hmm. very much. I mean, most of them have um, a five- to seven-year track to do it, and then the criteria varies, again, depending on the law firm. Gotcha. So. So but it's much like your business. Yeah. You know, you got to have a book of business and, right. you know. Show that. Show. Makes sense for yeah, you to make be a sense for you to be a shareholder. That's right. And you're committed to the firm and you participate in firm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what you might imagine. Very similar to the county firm. So yes. I'm curious. So I know your title now, your, your I guess, official title as a co-practice group leader for yes, the real estate team. the real estate team. Yes. Um, in, in terms of like thinking as a business owner, you know, there's usually like mm-hmm. tasks that are directly like related to client work and there's tasks that are related to like more business level activities, um, kind of like broad and, and I guess like narrow kind of work. Yes. Do you find yourself now working on those tasks that are more like company level and like kind of business strategy? Are you still doing like the mechanics of the day to day? And maybe that's different for the law firm profession. I don't know. No, I would say it's probably, I say it's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, I, th- I, have, I have reached a point in my career where it is important both for myself and for the rest of the firm that I delegate mm-hmm. and that I try and have tasks handled at the appropriate level, um, both for client efficiency and cost, but also because it's important to provide opportunities for others to learn. Right. Um, And so I try and do that 
mm-hmm. um, which takes away some of the day-to-day tasks. But there's still, you know, there's still occasions where it's just I have the institutional knowledge, and so it's mm-hmm. just easier to do it um, or makes more sense for me to do it than to try and delegate it elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, there is a lot of strategy and business development conversations and practice management, you know, processes to run through. So, Is there one that you prefer over the other? Like, do you enjoy doing one side versus the other better? Mm, They all have their pros and cons. Okay. So, I mean, I could give you a list of all the things I like and all the things I don't like, but I'm not sure it's going <laughs> they to. They don't evenly divide I'm not sure, like that. Yeah, I'm not sure it's going to evenly divide business versus practice side. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. I was just curious. But I got a firm list in the head of things I don't like to do and yeah. things I do like to do. So. Yeah, I was the I was same way. Yeah. Because there's so many things, I feel like, in all of our jobs where it overlaps so much of, well, this is client work and this is just to help grow the business outside of clients. Yes. Exactly. Well, what yes. would you say is the most challenging part of your job and the most rewarding? So the most challenging part of my job is probably boundaries. Mm. Both. And then and that may just be me <laughs> because I'm not very good at that. Um, but it's just it's just difficult to um, to one of the things. So one of the things that we do is we take on clients problems right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. you you know that that causes there to be sort of a burden to to fix it and so you've got to sort of recognize that you didn't create it you're going to try and fix it but you need to sort of set yeah. the boundary of of like personal responsibility for it and also just as we were talking about um you know email has just changed the way mm-hmm. you practice law you know 20 it's in the phone is just you're 24 7 Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, that's hard with family and yeah. friends and vacation and, you know, trying to set those sort of yeah. boundaries. Do you have clients that have your cell phone number and like oh, text sure. you? Yes. Oh, yes. A, it's my least favorite. Thing. Yes. <laughs> it's also tricky for us because we have, you know, we have confidentiality issues and we have like record record keeping. Yeah. And it's very yeah. difficult to keep a text. It, you've yeah. Gotta, yeah. You've yes. got to like screenshot it and email it and. You know, it's like a six-step process. Right. <laughs> file it into your own, file it secure, your own secure thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it's a little tricky. That is a little tricky. It's, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Try to be screen. Yeah. Uh, I, try, <laughs> I try not to. Like, I don't mind if people call me, but I do. I feel like I don't. Like, if someone texts me, I'll respond with an email. I'll be like, yeah. here's your text. Here's an email yes. for you. Yes. Yeah. I will say I'm not a huge fan of the... Phone call followed by the email followed by the text. Mm. Yeah. Yes. You know. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the little triple The little triple, the little hit. triple hit. Like I sent you an email. I'm like, uh, okay, I'll, yeah. Like the yeah. knock plus the ringing the doorbell yes. plus the I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Plus the text that I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, oh, I'm aware. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> it just takes a minute to get there. Yeah. I also struggle with some clients want to call me out of the blue, but I could be in other meetings and I'll, and I'll respond to them and I'll say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. Call. Like, can we set up a time? For me to call you, mm-hmm. and then they want to just try and call me again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, I'm in another meeting. Yes, <laughs> let's schedule a time. Yes, yes. So it is hard to set boundaries. Do you find yes. there's other boundaries other than just like? Because it sounds like you were saying it's almost like a a mental boundary of like, here's your problem, and I can only do what I can try. To yes, it's a it's it. a yeah, it's a it's a personal yeah yeah. I'm trying to figure yes. that out. 
Um, how do you set that boundary? Like when you're going on vacation or when you like what kind of separation do you have to make sure you have time for your family? How do you create that balance? And say I'm, I've gotten a lot better at it, a whole lot better. When I first started, I was terrible at it. Um, so fortunately, I have a very good support system at the office. And so I just try and remind myself that they're there and that they can handle it. And if they mm-hmm. need to find me, they can. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's true. But it's, yeah. a lot of, it's a lot of mental reminders of yourself. Do you find yourself It'll be okay. on vacation and be like, don't respond to that email? <laughs> I mean, I have. I mean, I shouldn't probably should admit that, but yes, I have. I have. Yeah. 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 It's, it's important to take time away for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's that's become a little bit more in, in light recent that, you know, everyone's trying to have a little bit better work-life balance. Yes. And, yes. and my gosh, the, the emails, um, you know, it's, it's a full-time job in itself. It can be. So, mm-hmm. It yeah. certainly can be. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if the most challenging is boundaries, what's the most rewarding part of the job? Oh, the people, the client being just the, I have a great client base. I have great coworkers, just mm-hmm. that that's the best part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a team? Mm-hmm. So you have a team under you. Are you training any other lawyers to like be the next you? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I do. Yes. So we have, so in Greenville in particular, we have um, four real commercial real estate lawyers. We have a fifth one coming on in August and we have um, two, I'll say two and a half because we have one that works part-time par- paralegals. And then we have a, a brand new transaction coordinator who's starting today. Actually. Ooh, very nice. excited about that. So, yeah, so we have a whole team That's awesome. and we work together. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And we work very hard to make it a team. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Keep everybody engaged. Yeah. How do you do that? Regular communication? Or we do. Okay. We do. We established a, um, we have a regular Monday morning meeting. Um, and at that meeting, we go through most everything that everyone's working on so that everyone, so no, you may not know all the details, but nothing sounds unfamiliar if it mm-hmm. comes up. Sure. In the in you know if one of us or the other of us are out, and, you know, and a call comes in, it's not unfamiliar. Uh-huh. Um, and we sort of talk about the status of where those projects are again, so that it's not unfamiliar, and um, and it just creates good. It just creates good energy and good communication. Yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. Are you guys in the office? Or do you oh, have people yeah. that work remote? Okay. No. No, we've been in the office since July 2020, something oh, wow. like that, off and yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody came back. Everybody came back the beginning of 2021. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's what I've heard with most lawyers, yeah. that they're in the office. Yeah. And some, so. have, some, some folks never left. I mean, frankly, for some folks, the office was... As safe as anywhere else because mm-hmm. there was no one there. Yeah. So yeah, and everyone has like all the lawyers have their own offices, right? Yes, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what does the next five to ten years look like for you? Where, where mm, are you, where are you going a, from here? That is an excellent question. I don't know exactly. I have tried. I've considered. I've been considering that, um, but I, I haven't landed on an answer yet. Okay. So. Um, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh no, it's not, no, it's nothing. It's nothing intriguing. It's just, I mean, it, you know, I mean, in some respects, I'd love to be looking at retirement, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, you know, that requires a whole set of analyses that oh, yeah. I haven't done yet. So, gotcha. We'll see. Okay. Or, I don't know. 
Um, are there any like super cool deals that you were a part of or buildings that you had a hand in in Greenville that you can talk about? Super cool deals. Not super cool. I guess, um, you know, it, some things make something more interesting than just like, oh, yeah, that was just like run of the mill, came in, got that deal done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, we've done all sorts of what I think are interesting deals. Um, I'm trying to think of one in particular that stands out. I always hate that out. question because I, I can never think of any interesting things that I've done. Well, no, it's not that. I'm thinking of current things, but I don't really want to. I don't really want to speak about those. So yeah. I'm, you know, I'm trying to think of of closed transactions that were particularly interesting. I saw one on Hainsworth's webpage that was very Which large. Um, it was like a $168 million deal, oh, multiple portfolio properties. I yes. was like, wow. Yes. That was, yeah, that was a transaction for a local health care provider several years back. Nice. They did a bunch of sale leasebacks on some medical office buildings. Yeah. That was, that was challenging just because of the size and scope of it. Yeah. And fun, though. Very fun. Do you, do you find it different, like, working with companies, for example, like, that large versus companies like us that are, like, six people? Yes. It's, it, it, so that actually, it's, that's part of the fun of what I do, though, because it's, there's some challenge in trying to take what appears to be the same transaction on paper, uh -huh, right? right? Everyone's buying a piece of property. Mm -hmm. But those types of factors come into play, and the, and the properties are always different, and there's always unique problems with each property, so that's why it's. You know, it, it makes it fun. To yeah. Do but yes, it's, it's a different, it's a different uh, process when you've got one person who can make a decision versus one person you talk to who takes it to 10 others who have to oh, weigh in point. on the decision. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a lot of repeat clients or are you constantly having to find new clients? Um, or both? I mean. A little bit of both, although the goal is repeat clients. Um, but, you know, frequently a commercial real estate transaction is a one-off deal, mm -hmm. you know. Somebody comes into town, buys a piece of investment property, and then goes and looks somewhere else. So it's a little bit of both. Gotcha. And, and how do you so. find new clients? Um, well, you do things like join crew. Yes. That's one way to do it. Um, you, you know, networking, just like anything else. You, you try and do a good job for your existing clients, I mm -hmm. find, to be a great way to get new clients. Yeah. Try and do a good job um, on all transactions because... Frankly, over the years, I've had several opposing parties call me later and say, hey, we worked together on this transaction, and now we're buying something else. Can you help us with that? Nice. Which is always flattering because, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's one thing for your client to like you, but it's a good thing for the other side. I think you did a nice job, too. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, general networking, crew, ULI, things like that. Well, speaking of crew, um, and I know we touched a little bit about you guys being a mentor, mentee. Mm -hmm. um, have you had any mentors throughout your career that were just really influential? Yes. Oh, I've had several. Yes, absolutely. Um, in my first, my first clerkship um, after my first year of law school, um, there were the, the the whole place was just loaded with mentors. It was just fantastic. I mean. And they all were just so enthusiastic about teaching and guiding and, you know, helping anything I needed. And then they helped me find my next job, and they've just been supportive. That Literally, to this day, they're all still very supportive. 
And then at each of my law firms, I've had one or two folks that really took me under their wing and and helped me and coached me and you yeah. know yelled at me when I did something wrong, <laughs> taught me how to do it better and that kind of. So it's been great. Yeah. How did you establish those relationships? Like, use for example, the people at your law firm, for example. You know. I, I'm not sure that I actually did it on purpose necessarily. Mm-hmm. It just, it just sort of worked out. I just, they were just people that I sort of connected with on a personal level. And, you know, so I sort of stuck my foot in the water on would they help me professionally? And it just, yes, was the answer. And they were all very generous with their time and, and knowledge and skill sets. And it just sort of worked. Yeah. 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 That's I think, what I see so much. A lot of people have this idea of like, and we try to, with the crew mentorship program, you know, assign people together and see if that relationship mm-hmm. fosters and stuff like that. But a lot of times it's like, hey, can we go get coffee? And then it's like, I just want your opinion about something. Yes. And it starts from there. It's very organic. Yes. Um, I think that's kind of counter to what a lot of people think. Well, it's yeah. hard because I think everyone tells you you should have a mentor, right? Like, right. That's what you hear like in right. college like and it, after. Like, yes. oh, you should have a mentor. And then there's some people who are like, well, I don't know how to get one. And you're trying to tell someone how to get one. It's like, be a cool person. Yes. <laughs> People want to be around you and well, then you can ask for help. Yes. I think I think part of the problem is it's like go get a mentor. Like it's something you achieve. achieve well, or buy. Buy it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a, yeah. Like, a, like something that you get. And frequently I find if you dig deeper with people, they actually already have one. They just don't right. yeah, probably in a probably in a good way, they don't think of it like that. They yeah. think of that person as like you know, a colleague who is helpful and generous and kind and, you know, listens and, you know, and, and you're like, right, that, so, a mentor. so you have a mentor. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, you, sometimes when you put the label on it, it makes it, it's true. Yeah. it makes it seem unachievable when. And there's kind of a pressure built into that situation. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to go to someone and say like, will you be my mentor? Because it kind of feels like a, because even in the crew program when you ask someone to be a mentor they're like i don't have i don't have what it takes exactly. to be a mentor and you're like of course you do yes can you yeah. <laughs> like, yes. can you listen can you listen right yes yeah. can be a mentor yes have you been working for x number of years sure mm-hmm. yes do you have a network of people yeah. that you can help plug this person into yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. well and in some ways and i guess maybe i mean i don't want to sound like i'm completely unintentional in what i do but in some ways i realized that the mentors that i've had i only recognize that in hindsight Mm-hmm. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. You know, like I mean, now that we now that this mentor has buzzword, you know, it's a buzzword and has a label, right? I'm, I, you know, I just thought of them as supportive right. folks that I could go and ask questions of and and get help from. Yeah. You know, but in hindsight, now I realize that's exactly what the relationship was. I just didn't it didn't have a name. Yeah, right. or I didn't give it a name. Yeah, I had one. But it's it's those little things. Like there's a couple people that I can remember, just like giving what almost seemed like offhanded advice that is like stuck in my brain that I'm like, oh, that changes everything about what I was thinking of what I was doing. So thank you for that. Yes. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And that's, I mean, we've had moments like that even on this podcast where, you know, our guests say something, you know, we're sharing experiences and we hear about your experience Mm -hmm. and we're like, oh my Mm. gosh, that is great advice. Yeah. And then I call Chesley right after. And yeah. I'm like, hey, big, quick thing. Let's touch back. Let's circle back. Let's yeah. circle back. Yeah, it's circle so back simple, but I didn't think about it that way. So anyone can be a mentor. They don't even have to have that. I mean, like, I feel like most of the people we have on this podcast, we have some kind of relationship with already, but it could be anyone that's giving advice, mm-hmm. which I love. So 
can yes. you think of any advice or, you know, any nugget of wisdom that any of these mentors over the past couple of years have, have told you that's really stuck with you? So I would, the, the thing that sticks with me the most, and I've had a couple of people tell me this, starting with my mother, frankly. Um, the best mentor. The yes. best mentor. That's right. Yes. Um, is it's always easiest to do the right thing, which so frequently you think it's not, but in the end, it is always easiest to do the right thing. So, yeah, that's, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I do too. Now I'm really thinking about Think that. Think about one. that. Mm-hmm. It's a great for someone in law and also. Well, yes. I mean, but it, but it is. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's just easiest to do the right thing. It doesn't feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to feel good. But yeah. Yeah. But, so. but oftentimes those moments that are uncomfortable or it doesn't feel good, they're just short. And then after mm-hmm. you did the right thing, it feels yes. like it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for someone that's interested in commercial real estate or in law? Think long and hard about it. <laughs> Make sure that you understand what what being a, what being a lawyer is. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I, this is going to sound trite, but like what happens on TV, <laughs> that is not <laughs> that is not what practicing law about. Law is not, and particularly now with mandatory mediation, law is not, you know, every day in a courtroom unless you're a solicitor, but generally law is not every day in a courtroom. It's a lot of, it's a lot of desk work and paperwork and mundane type activity. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, it's not, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, how like TV law. Yeah. Not, not to go too far back to what we were talking Mm -hmm. about, but What is like your mix of, hey, this is a a task I have to do. This is like reading through something. It's handling an email or whatever. And how much is I'm meeting with a client. I'm talking with another person. I'm helping train someone. Like what's that percentage split? So it is probably on a day-to-day basis. I would say that I spend probably half to three-quarters of the day drafting documents, reviewing documents, commenting on documents, um, you know, reviewing due diligence materials, and then I spend the other half or 25% of the day talking on the phone, going to meetings, and I I put all that in one category. I put internal and external Mm -hmm. phone meetings in the same Mm -hmm. bucket. Gotcha. So So, so just a question about the language Mm -hmm. that you guys use. Sure. It's very hard for me <laughs> to comprehend it. I don't know about you, personally. Oh, when you read legal documents? Yes. Yes. Oh, the it's amount of time I've put me to sleep. Yes. Um, yes. Is it, I mean, is it second nature to you now so that you read it and you just kind of, you immediately understand what's trying to be said because of your history and your knowledge of the yes. way things have been worded? So yes. for you to review a document, like for me to read a legal document, I've got to dedicate an hour, yes. two hours. I yes. really got to focus and make sure I read every single word and understand it. But I'm sure for you, it's, you know, it's not that involved <laughs> at this point. So it is and it isn't. Okay. I mean, so I can, I can go through a legal document and look at the paragraph headers mm-hmm. and have sort of an overall understanding of what the document covers and what it doesn't. But I still have to go through each of them and read them to see specifically how that document deals with that concept or that topic. Okay. 
And then so. I guess you're referencing historic precedent based on like cases that's like, okay, if you say it in this way, this has been tried in the past and this yes. is what this means. And yes. so we can't say it this way. We have to say it this yes. way or something like that. Yes. In some instances, um, you're doing that. And in other instances, you're just trying to create a process for the parties so okay. that there is, okay. so that, so that the under, I mean, the goal of the document typically is to put into words what the parties have agreed to. Okay. Right? Yeah. So there's an offer, a counteroffer, and acceptance. And so the parties have come to some understanding about what they're going to do. And so now you're trying to put that on paper. Okay. So. Got it. Okay. That so helps. yes. In some, in some parts, <laughs> it's intended to design a process. and other parts, it's intended to address the law and legal issues and legal um, rights and remedies. Okay. Consistent with case law. Yeah. And prior mm -hmm. jurisprudence. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You're probably much better at reading blueprints than I am. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just interesting how and and I guess it's the same with architecture. You guys have your own language, and it's mm -hmm. you know it's. I certainly think you have your. Own, I think both of you have your yeah. own language. We definitely. I yeah, know that's you, fair. I know yeah, you do. we do yeah. for sure. Which is the fun part about getting clients is because they have their own jargon, and like even real estate has its own jargon yes. in the way. Yes. The words and I mean in accounting, obviously we know. Well, like, you know, sale leasebacks are a nightmare. Yes. <laughs> and I see them. Yes. Yes. In, in real estate. And so getting to go into a client and make sure that my language is speaking to their language is yes. always one of my favorite parts of the job sure. and understanding, understanding and being able to talk with people on different levels, I think, is the best part about having clients. Well, I think, I mean, all three of us have the same have the same basis in our profession in that if we don't understand what our clients do, we can't really do what we right. do, right? right. So, yeah. mm -hmm. so we try and tell folks, younger associates, um, you know, you got you to gotta understand what the client does first in order to, to yeah. draft, you know, the documentation you're being asked to prepare because you've got to know what their issues are. Yeah. Yeah. It's been Fair. so interesting because I've been doing more sales, honestly, in my new position. Mm -hmm. And I went through this whole training on staying curious. And mm -hmm. I, I realized how often in a meeting with a client where they're just talking, trying to tell me their, just like about their business and what they're doing and, and what problems they're having, my mind is immediately trying to find a solution mm -hmm. instead of being like, well, why do you think you have that problem? Because mm -hmm. they probably have, like, I need to get more information from them. And it's been so interesting to just ask more questions. And I've gone into full meetings where I don't, tell them anything i'm mm -hmm. just asking them questions and getting mm -hmm. to know more about their business and it's been so fun to do yes i just yes. Mm -hmm. just so cool to see all these different people and talk to someone in sweden yes. yesterday <laughs> starting a company here and i was like tell me about that that's yes. so interesting yeah. so yes. yeah. yeah and that's a that's a lot of how our at least our initial client meetings go the yeah. clients always they you know they come in and they have their discreet question that they want an answer mm -hmm. to and you're like and we will get to that. But beforehand, let's back all the way up and you tell me how we got here. Right. Yeah. You know, and you tell me what you do, you know, and what happened and why this has become an issue and how you'd like to see it resolved. And then we can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense. Because we have a lot of like prescribed of what we think the answer could be. But I feel like especially with sure. you and us, all of us have, we're customizable, right? right. Like exactly. Our, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We yeah. have so many different yeah. ways to solve problems. We really need to understand the full problem before we go about. 
well, and, solutions. And, and I mean, I'm sure it, it, certainly you, I'm not sure yours probably falls a little bit, but I mean, what we provide is advice and mm-hmm. counsel. You can take it or not. I mean, that's, you know, that's totally up to the yeah. client. Yeah. yeah. You know, and frequently, particularly with the, you know, our larger institutional clients, we are one consideration among, you know, legal is one consideration among many. Mm-hmm. There's tax, there's, you know, business, there's com- competition, you know, all, yeah. there's a whole mm-hmm. host of um, ideas that go into the decision making process, and we're just one of them. Yeah. So. How do you feel like you build that trust then between a client? And the firm to say, like, because I'm sure you have clients that will just take your advice, right? Like, sure. once you give it, they're like 100%. How yeah. did you get to that point with those clients? Is it just time or? It's time. Yes, it's time. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just, it's the same way you build confidence with your friends. It's, mm-hmm. it's being receptive mm-hmm. and listening and trying to understand their concerns and address them in a, in a supportive way. And yeah. then, yeah, being you know, there when they need you. Being there when you need Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's building relationships. Yeah, that's Like right. everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is part of all of our business again. That's right. Yeah, building relationships. Yeah. So I want to so. talk more about um, crew and a little bit about okay. um, national or crew network. Crew network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were, tell us about first what you did for crew upstate. So when you were on the board. I was on the I was on the board. I was well. <laughs> were you a charter member? I, I was. Yeah. So I was a charter yeah. member. Um, so the organization when the organization started, they got to the end of the year and they needed two more commercial real estate um, commitments. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly what the what the application called it, but um, so we got this call from several of the organizers, but to me and Ann Ellison in our in our office, and <laughs> with this sort of desperate, can we sign you up because we have to turn the application in tomorrow? And of course, we thought it was a fantastic idea, and we yeah. were absolutely on board with it. But it was just sort of funny how it came about. So yeah, so I was a charter member, and then I was, I think, the second president, co-president. Because um, you were co-president with oh, Debbie. Okay. I was co-president we, with Debbie. Oh, we yes. just our last yes. yes. that we interviewed. So. Oh, you did your – oh, good. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was co-president with Debbie, which I think we were the second. I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so it was um, it was challenging. You know, I mean, we had a very committed board and very committed members, but we didn't have a ton of money. And we were trying to figure out how to sort of make our mark in mm-hmm. the community. Uh-huh. Um but it was fun. It was great fun. And it's so much fun now to see wherever where it is and how many members there are and just what great things it's doing. I know, because what now it's you're you're twelve or thirteen yes. of our chapter. Mm-hmm. And what's our current membership? Is it over a hundred? We usually sit right around a hundred. Mm-hmm. There's times of the year where it's over and then, you know. So I think I think the last count was like right around like ninety eight to one hundred and two or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in our I think in our year we were we were really going to be excited if we got to thirty five. Wow! Yeah, and that included all the board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there were twelve right. of us. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, and I think Tara, my business partner, was a, yes another early she was yeah yes. founding member. Yeah, she was on the board. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so cool. I feel yeah. like there's so many women in Greenville that have been in crew but I guess I also know a lot of crew yes. people because I've been in crew yes. now for, yeah I've been on the, I've been in slash on the board for well there's also just now. more women in Greenville in commercial real estate yes yeah which is so, great which is great and exciting mm-hmm. I love that very much so so it's been yeah. very cool so um 
you were co-president, yes. and then you were just telling us that you did some stuff for the national, since it is a national organization. I did. So I was a yeah. chapter delegate, and then I, um, as part of that process, got on a committee, a national-level committee, that was the convention planning committee. And so we worked on planning the convention for New York in New York. Which is big. A convention has, like, over a 1,000 people yes. that come to it. Yes. It's giant. It's fun. Yeah. Who was the speaker of the year that you did it? Um, like the main. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's a no, very specific. No, I can't, think, I can't think of his last name. Um, he was the the admiral that that um, the admiral that commanded the Osama bin Laden raid. Uh, William McRaven is that his last name? That sounds right. Who who then went on to lead the Texas um, college system? I think it's McRaven. Anyway, he was fantastic. Wow. Okay. Yes. I love that. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. Crew always has a really cool speaker. Yes. Yeah. Robin Roberts was the I loved Robin yeah. Roberts. one that I remember from San Diego. Yeah. Yes. He and he he was there and um who was the Amy that does the the posing? Remember? I can't remember her name. She was great too. Amy that does the posing. I know, I'm so bad with names. <laughs> I'm so bad with names. <laughs> You would know if I'll, I'll come up with it and send it okay. to you later, which won't help the podcast people. But we'll put it in yeah. the comments. Yeah, yeah, we we'll put it in the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, how did you get on the committee? So. Did you have to apply for it, and was there a vote or anything like that? Or so I did have to apply for it. I don't know. I I, I it believe was, that. Yeah, it like was a board. Of, it's a. I think they. I think the board approves mm-hmm. the members because so. anything national, I know mm-hmm. that they have. I mean, they are requesting from like the chapters. Yes. Every chapter is supposed to put in like one to two nominations yes. for different things, yeah. and then. And there's an there is an application you have to fill out and you have to pick which committees you're interested in and tell them yeah. why you're interested in them. I may have even done a phone interview. Interesting. That makes mm-hmm. sense. What did you think of yeah. all the other women that you're serving with? I mean, were oh, they pretty impressive? Beyond impressive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was it was it took a little bit of of like sort of personal confidence to recognize that among all of these very talented yeah you know, and very successful women that I had something to bring of interest and use to the committee. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I bet it was a really amazing experience. It was. So, yeah. It was, yeah. And it was amazing both from the interaction with the other women, but also it was such a learning experience in terms of organization and how to run a network. I mean, run an organization and run mm-hmm. a committee and yeah, run a convention and put one on. You know, there was just, there's so much organization there that I just not seen before that was really interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I'm assuming that you guys were all virtual for the majority of it, or did you fly to meet together? No, it was, well, it was pre-virtual actually. Right. It was all conference calls. Yeah. That's wild. So yeah, yeah, no, the first time we, the first time the whole committee met was in at the convention. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the first time we met most of the um, speakers too. Mm -hmm. You know, we each had they broke us up into subcommittees, and then we each had a breakout session to, or uh, one or two, I think, sessions to put together. Yeah. So, well, so fun. It was fun. That's cool. Should we be on yeah. a national thing? I think so. Anyways, I think that's our we'll next apply step. for it next yes. year. I highly recommend. So I'm it. thinking now committee though instead of board member. Yeah, board member seems seems like, like a lot. Well, especially when we're running this whole podcast. <laughs> true. <laughs> it's true. It will challenge. It'll challenge your schedule to having to go. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is a lot of fun, so I don't want to give this up. I know, no, no, we're giving it up. Um, I highly recommend it. 
Speaking of fun. Yes, fun. I think we're ready, ready for, for our rapid fire. Rapid oh, fire rapid questions. fire. Okay. So what do you like to do for fun? What do I like to do for fun? I like to cook. I like to read. I like to watch sports. Yeah. I like to play sports, although I don't do it very often. What sports really do like you it. watch? Basketball, tennis, golf. So is March Madness big for you? Huge. Love it. Especially being here. Did you go? Yes. All day, every day. That's awesome. (laughs) I didn't know that about you. I went all Friday and all Sunday. Yes. Also. That's great. It was great. It was fun. It was really fun. Okay, but how did your bracket do? Oh, poorly. (laughs) (laughs) Very poorly, but that's okay. I... It's I just like the I just like the game. It might be a case of when you know too much, you don't do as well. You know, there's no, some elements year, like, yeah, no, no, I agree. No, my most ex- successful years have always been the years where I just sort of glance at it, pick one, and move on. Yeah. And yeah, yeah those have been my most successful so years. So funny how that works. Yeah. All right, next one. Where is your favorite place to travel? Probably anything mountain. Okay. So I you like. and Debbie both. Yeah. yeah I'm I'm true. not I'm I'm too pale skinned to enjoy the bright sunshine. <laughs> And so the beach, I mean, I like the beach, but it's just yeah. not, it, it, it requires so much effort mm-hmm. <laughs> to put on sunscreen. You have to do it every four hours. And yeah. It just, yeah, it's right. just so I, yeah. Well, I was um, just in Montana last week yes. in the mountains every morning, yes. sipping my coffee, watch, yes. looking at the mountains, watching sunrise. It's perfect. Yes. Yes. We were going there in September. Ooh. I know. I've now added it to my list for yeah. next March. It's, Montana's yes. good. Yes. It's got some good stuff. Have you been before? Yeah. Nope. No, not in Montana. I've been near Montana, right. but yeah. Right. But yeah, um, it's pretty much it. Yeah, a mountain, a lake with a mountain. Mm. I'm obsessed with Lake Tahoe. Mm-hmm. I just think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Kayaking on Lake Tahoe oh. when the water connects to the mountains, connects to the sky, and it's just mm-hmm. okay. so good. Hmm. Um, what is your favorite you. book or podcast? Or at least like a... Sampling of books or podcasts that you like? Favorite book or podcast? So my favorite book is probably, well, it's a it's a short story, really, that turned into a movie, which is The Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, and then my favorite podcast, I'm, I'm pretty obsessed with anything true crime. So mm. take your pick. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah. I've done some true crime. Although I'm also a big fan of Work Life with Adam Grant. I oh, love I, Adam Grant. <laughs> yeah. He put great. up something. Yeah. He put up a tweet yesterday that got me. I saw it. I saw that something you liked about it about well. achieving and how it's not about getting this one thing. It's about the happiness in the little moments. And yeah. I was like, I sent it to a friend and I was like, I hear this, but I don't hear it, but I'm trying to hear yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, um, I, I read that too and had that same reaction. Yes. It's a great podcast. Though. Yeah. It is a good podcast. I agree. Right. What um what is your current or what is a current TV show that you're binge watching? Well, I just finished We Worked. And I think we're gonna go on now to Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix. Okay. Okay. But we'll see. I have to I've put We Work now on mm-hmm. since you just mentioned it. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I saw that. it on Apple Plus and mm-hmm. was like, I need to watch it. Mm-hmm. So is Anatomy of Scandal kind of like a true crime thing too? No, it's actually based on a book okay although we're also looking at a very what is it a very english scandal okay I, that's the one a very i was british thinking, scandal very british, i think it's a very yes english. one know. or the other anyway that's also on the next up okay list because it's that is i think that is based on a true 
story. I don't know. So do you mostly like dramas? Yes. I like nonviolent dramas and um Did you go through that comedies. when there was a bunch of um I think those like mini series like The Big Little Lies and oh, The Undoing I did like that one. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I did I I went through those because No. I can't do long. I have to like I have to really commit for a very short period of time. Yeah, I do like that. I do I'm a big fan of the whole binge watch idea that you can just be done. Yeah. yeah. Um but I don't I'm not big on violent type okay. shows or because I just I don't know. My day is stressful enough. I don't particularly yeah. want to sit and yeah. you know, be all stressed out watching I get that. Shows. Yeah. Makes get sense. That. Yeah. All right. Um, our last and favorite question. Okay. What is your favorite restaurant in Greenville and what do you like to get there? Oh, man. That's tough. So I have – oh, I have lots. Um, you can give us like a sampling. Okay. Well, I'll give you so, – so – uh, my favorite, I would say my favorite nighttime restaurant. How about that? We'll go with nighttime yeah, yeah, and daytime. Yeah. So my favorite nighttime is probably the Lazy Goat because I am <laughs> obsessed with their sausage pizza. Um, it's good. I've oh, had it before. God, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and um, those um, goat cheese. The fried yes, goat cheese I'm also. not a fan. Mm. And the Brussels sprouts also mm-hmm. equally good. Um, good Brussels sprouts. And I think my, I'm going to say one of my favorite daytimes is the Pita House. Oh, I love the Pita yeah, House. I haven't been in staple. a hot minute. Yeah. I need to go back. The cash only thing gets me every time I yeah, have to stop at the ATM across so the street. I, if it makes you feel any better, I carry one check in my in my <laughs> wallet at all times. For that sole for Solely for the Pete House. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I, I never have cash. Like, that's what not do you, a What do you get at the Pete House? Oh, all kinds of things. Okay. So yes. you, you mix it up. I mix it up. Yes. Okay, I am just a classic chicken shawarma on hummus plate where they just take a full plate of hummus and then just yes. hollow out the middle no, and just put dump chicken in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I get so much pita and I'm like, this is my dream. Yes, <laughs> yes. You should not underestimate the falafel. I was about to say, I okay. love the falafel. You should there. also should not underestimate the grape leaves. I love grape leaves. I've never yeah. had the grape leaves. Yep, the grape leaves are delicious. The gyros, yummy. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is so good. you want to go next week? So sure. <laughs> absolutely. A little okay. mentor yeah. session. A little yeah. Sure. Okay, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Be perfect. Yeah. Write it down. Write it cash. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have my check. Don't worry. I'll have my one check. So don't worry. Then we can Venmo you. Yeah. You can Venmo me. That's right. That's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah. I'll have the one check. Okay. That's perfect. Also, just as another aside, were you to be hosting some sort of gathering, they have these these like fifty piece dessert boxes that I have gotten on a couple of occasions that I would say were the most popular dessert item I've ever served in. I mean, you can make whatever homemade you want, but yeah, like why? Why? Because everyone just loves them. That's amazing. In the land. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's the good stuff. Just in the land of pushing the easy button. Yeah. I love the easy button Mm -hmm. like so much. Mm -hmm. I want to be cooler than that, right? Like I, but (laughs) I, you mean you want to home, you want to like make something homemade? I overthink it to where I can't do something that's like, oh, I can do that in a certain amount of time and then be done. Instead, I'm like, should I create an entire charcuterie board situation that Mm -hmm. I have to build on site because it's too much to take with me? Or like mm-hmm. way too many cookies or whatever that takes me way too many hours, and I'm like, why did I do that? Why didn't I just go to Pita House? And right. get a piece I, I, I'm here for you. See, <laughs> this is this is this is how our mentor mentee relationship works. Like yes. the next time I'm thinking about yes. being um, too much, I will just be like, go yes. to Pita House. Go to Pita House. That's right. 
That's right. But your your area of like craftsmanship is more with like coffee and drinks. I, I feel like and yes. charcuterie. Yes. Of course. Okay. But I, even just the other day, my friends invited me over, and they're like, "Oh, if you want to bring something for a cocktail, do." I in my head was like, "Okay." I created like I was trying to maximize if I bring two liquors and one liqueur, how many different drinks could I make? And should I bring additional things? Mm-hmm. I'm bringing my cocktail shaker. I'm bringing glasses because I think they're not going to have the glassware that I think that I'm going to need for to really experience the drink mm-hmm. at the right level. And so I show up with like two public bags <laughs> full of stuff. And I'm like, you couldn't just bring like bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> or a bottle of wine? Yeah. Nope. nope. Not that. Not Can't that. do it. Nope. <laughs> But, you know, we know that about you. We appreciate yes, that about so you. You are the example of one of our other favorite sayings at our house, which is, um, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I do. I feel that way. Yes. Yes. I feel that statement in my yes. I think you should exactly. just own it for those, like, three yeah. areas that yes. you love. Just own it. For desserts, go pick up Pita House. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. We resolved it. this. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad you're my mentor, honestly. Yeah. It's, really, it's really so helpful. <laughs> you know. I love it. Well, so. awesome. Well, thanks, Meg, so much for coming yeah, thank in you. and fun. chatting with us yeah, today. It was great it's, fun. It's good to get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm looking forward to P- uh, PETA House. Yeah, yeah, PETA House next week. Yeah. All righty. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. The Candily Crew Podcast is sponsored by Truist. Truist is proud to be the 2022 Marble Sponsor for Crew Upstate and the sponsor of this podcast series. Truist teammates are driven by a common purpose to inspire and build better lives and communities. They strive every day to make things better for their clients, teammates, and stakeholders. Truist envisions a world with equal access to economic opportunities. Truist proudly supports the mission of Crew to transform the commercial real estate industry by advancing women globally. Crew Upstate's truest contact is Michelle Dodge, SVP. She can be reached at michelle.dodge at truest.com.